<laughs> you know, we, we, we try again, my friend. We try again. Anyway, um, this is A. Um, obviously, his real name's not A. But um, it's an anonymous name. And so, Mr. A, I'm so happy you're here. Um, actually, this is our second attempt because the, uh, the, the damn connection went south. But anyway, A, I, I'm, you know, it's, it's so cool to have you. It's, I'm, I'm honored to have you. You're a good friend of mine, and I'm honored to have you as my second guest. You know, the growth of the podcast has been huge. I know you've loved listening to it. I know friends of ours have loved listening to it. And the worldwide impact may be small, but we, we have uh, listeners from all around the world, not just the U.S., um, Canada, um, Britain, Brazil, Antigua, Hong Kong, um, Germany, Belgium, um, and some, some other places as well. So it's, it's oh, Australia. So it's been, it's been so cool to see, and I've, I've really, really loved and enjoyed this podcast, and I'm happy that you're here, my friend. Yeah, happy. Yeah, let's let's start about the truckers. I know that was definitely the last episode's topic, so I'm interested in continuing that. Oh, of course, of course. So, so a here he wants to talk about um, the truckers. A little bit of a follow through. We went through the truckers and what they're dealing with in in the last episode um, that I posted. So I figured it's fresh in our minds. So let let's uh, let's get started. Yeah, so they're just protesting freedom. They're they're peacefully protesting. Like you mentioned in the last episode, they have the carnivals, they barbecue. Mm-hmm. They're not doing any of this like rioting crime level shit. They're doing they're just doing it peacefully. And they just and we need the truckers as a whole to, you know, thrive. We like the the world needs truckers. So what Trudeau's doing to them, it's just pure tyranny and it's unacceptable, you know? Like I mean Oh, a thousand percent. And, you know, what the truckers are bringing, they're, br- they're bringing goods, they're bringing medicine, they're bringing food, they're bringing building supplies, like the, pretty much everything is going on in these trucks. Yeah, for sure. We need we need them in every shape, way, form. And a lot of them are great people, too. If you watch these interviews, there are people you'd want to have like a beer with, have oh, a conversation yeah. with. Compare and contrast it to, the, you know, the riots of like after the George Floyd stuff. Those people, like, you would not want to be interacting with them. So, you know, my take on the people that are against the truckers and afford the riots, you would love these truckers. And those rioters, you would not want to fuck with. So you people really just have to establish themselves on, like, whose side are you really on, you know? Oh, that's a, that's a great point. That's, yeah. a great, that's a great point. You know, the thing is, and I, I talked about this in the last episode, um you have and i know we've talked about this in person as well um in in much more you know explicit terms that i'm not going to get into in the podcast yeah we gotta keep it appropriate yeah um you know basically in so you, you know what those you have to also look at the impact um from the floyd riots and um it was about i think it was nine billions of dollars in damage um, people were murdered. David Dorn, who was a black retired police officer, was killed. Um, buildings were burned down. Um, areas were completely destroyed, and pe- people were hurt. Cops were injured. It was it was terrible. It really was. As opposed to this, where it's all it's all been about love. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll may, maybe there were some peaceful BLM press, but that's a very subjective term. I mean, you had liberal media like MSNBC, CNN that were filming the same stuff Fox was, and they were calling that peaceful when objectively it was not peaceful at all. It just agreed with their narrative versus if – could you imagine the outcry if truckers were burning buildings? Oh, God, they'd all be in jail right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, they wouldn't just be in jail. They'd be, they'd be executed. Yeah, well, that too. They're, they're, or their lives would be over. You know, they even if they don't go to jail, they'll never get a job again. Like they're like, you know, AOC wants to like as a loan hunt Trumpers down and make sure they're never employed. That's what would happen to the truckers if they did the shit that, you know, the Floyd riots were doing. And, and you know the other thing is, 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 and we've spoken about this before, and this is, and, and this is one of the reasons, my friend, you want to stay anonymous. Is the uh, you have to also look at what's been going on too. Um, the big thing about it is this, right? Flo- the first thing is we both know that Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose. Correct. We also know that Breonna Taylor died of a non-race-based drug bust, no-knock warrant. Also correct. We also know that Jacob Blake deserved to get shot based on his actions. Correct. Self-defense. As opposed to peaceful, innocent truckers um, not wanting to take this this vaccine, which I've spoken about in the podcast, and I've talked to you. And let me make one more point about that with this vaccine craziness. You could be pro-vaccine, want the vaccine. According to the science, even what fucking Fauci's saying, if you get the vaccine, you're Gucci. Like, you're covered. So why you give a fuck if someone else doesn't have one makes zero logical sense because they're risking themselves. You already don't like them. Why don't you give a fuck if they die? You're safe, according to you. So where, why that care about it? The thing factually still spreads when you get the vaccine. So there's no logic behind making others get it if you have it already. You know, like well, you well, that's that's a great point. That's a great point. Not to mention the fact that most of these truckers, um, they're, they're healthy, and you know, you know how I feel about the vaccine. I mean, it, it's based. On, more and more data comes out every day and you're taking a coin flip basically unless unless you're old or have, have cancer or have like a, a bad illness and you absolutely need to be protected by covid from covid um there's really no reason to get it um so many reports have come out people have gotten uh, myocarditis heart attacks um, brain damage, um, strokes, infertility. Yeah, well, they, that's not what they want you to know because that will destroy the narrative of making people get it. And hell, that's why you have people fleeing the blue states to the red states because in the red states, you know, like Florida, Utah, you know, hell, even you know, Arizona, you don't have to do any of that versus if someone's living in, like, say, Michigan, New York, they have to. They're like, you know, screw this. I'll just get a new job in this state, move my family there and, you know, start fresh just so they don't force to take a medicine they don't want. That's why you're seeing those numbers increase in that regard. Well, well it's not just that. It's the policies. It's crime. It's, it's, but that, oh, that's, yeah, that's too. But that's, that, that's a really, really big thing as well. Um, and, you know, it, you, you have to – people don't realize the, the depravity of, of Justin Trudeau's behavior. I mean, 
this emergency act, taking people's pets, going into their bank accounts. Using- he is running, he's trying to ruin their lives that way. Like it's his because that way he scares them away. He's using fear. It's what a dictator does. Not to mention, we were going to go into this. I'll go into this now. I know people could call him crazy. He is definitely Fidel Castro's son. If you compare half of Fidel's face to his, you're 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 bugging if you say there is no relation there. The, the resemblance is actually uncanny. Like, well, I you know the, the funny thing is, I know you wanted to talk about that, and it's it. I'm nine. Well, I, I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that's the case. Now we have to get get into some background information about that because you can't, as you know, you can't make a claim like that. You can't. You can't. That's very true. You you can't. You gotta look at little facts. I'm going to get into that, actually. If you Google image photos of Trudeau's mother, I can't remember her name, she knew Fidel very well. And the way she looked at this guy is what is like a genuine desire look you get from a woman. She loved the hell out of him. So that's a hint right there that they definitely, you know, had, like, you know, they fucked, so to speak. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, that's a big proof right there. Well, yeah, well, we're going to get into that. So not, so Trudeau's purported father, Pierre Trudeau, was very, very, was, who was actually the prime minister of Canada in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, um, was very, very old. He was like 40 years or something older than the mother. The mother was a known whore. Correct. Um, she slept around, like her sleeping around is famous. You know, she slept around with the Rolling Stones and all these famous people. Yep. But, um, which is a true, true statistic, true fact. Um, yeah, uh, Jagger has history with her. A bunch yeah, of Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, all both those guys. They uh, shared her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> but the biggest thing is, and I have some information in my records. You know this. This show, you know, it's not just me making making claims. I have records and, and things to prove it. Um, and it, in order for this to be the case, you you need a um, you need to be da- backed with data. And Correct. I have the data right here. So here we go. Where is this data? I just have this here. Let's see. Go into this, go into this, go into this. Because this is a bombshell. This is an absolute bombshell. There we go. So not only, as you said, and and many and probably millions of people have seen um, facial comparison pictures, the thing, the the uh, the way Margaret Trudeau looked looked at um, Fidel Castro, the way that when Fidel Castro died, I don't know. Like it was pretty recently. It was was a few years ago. I can't recall the year. Twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Trudeau actually made like a. A pretty like, um, a pretty like sentimental goodbye on Twitter to his his father. father. <laughs> <laughs> so as so, here is the record here. So if you lo- look at um, the timing uh, uh, of Justin Trudeau's birth, um, Justin Trudeau was born. Um, on Christmas Day, so December 25th, 1971. Now, in order for the timing to line up and his father to be Fidel Castro, Margaret, his mother, would have to be somewhere close to Cuba 
in in March and April 1971. Because as you know, nine months to uh, give birth. Right. Yeah. Um, so in April 1971, the Trudeaus took a long second honeymoon all around the Caribbean. And according to Wikipedia, they visited one island that they de- they declined to disclose. It's the only island from the trip they didn't disclose. So, boom. What do you what do you think that island was? More romantic than an island, man. I mean, come on. What island do you think that was? What? Cuba. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> I figured I, I didn't want to get the wrong one. No, yeah. So the timing lines up, facial recognition lines up. Um, this is one of those things where you could get to the deep state. Gate, you could get into the Q stuff, but this is this is a pretty straight line type thing. Um, this is one of the easiest to prove. And he's act. You know what? His father would be very, very proud of him. Oh, hundred percent. I, I was, I was actually gonna say that. Like he, it's kind of like funny. Fidel was a violent guy. Yeah, he was like that alpha. Trudeau would be your typical like beta cut guys. The way he talks, all that. But what he's doing, it's like it's like passive aggressive. Man. Like he's being a savage. He just doesn't act like one. Well, that it's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, the biggest thing is is what's going on. I mean, you want to talk about like real horrors, not like the BLM narrative of victimhood. Like what's what's going on with these peaceful Canadians? And it's not just white Canadians. It's pretty much everybody who's standing with the truckers and peacefully protesting. It's, it, it's truly, um, it's truly terrible. It's truly, truly human right, human rights abuses. I mean, getting your pets taken from you and killed, um, your bank account, your livelihood, your savings be- being stolen from you, um, being beaten. A woman yesterday was 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 it yesterday? Friday, I think was was trampled by a horse. I I mean, a group chat came out of, of and this is their version of democracy. That's the problem. When we, the real democracy would be letting them peacefully protest and have a say, and and no, more importantly, talk them out. Like talk to them at least. You know, like why are you upset? Because that's how people come to solutions. They talk about it. Trudeau, like many other of these politicians, like nope, nope, I can't hear you. Screw you. Like this is what's going on, and that's like that's disgusting. You know, like. Now I'm, gonna, now, I'm going to make a point here. You know, I hate BLM. I hate the Marxist shit. I hate what they stand for. They, they should be designated a ter- as a terrorist organization. Could I agree as someone who, who supports the Constitution, if they want to peacefully protest, who am I to say that they can't? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And in, in our Constitution, peaceful protest is, is a right. We, also, in the Canadian Constitution, so he's he's violating their civil liberties. And and it's funny how to me that these people who always say let us protest, let us protest, they're just it, it's hilarious how they're just turning on these trucks. Not right if it's now. not their way. That's that's just how the narrative narrative works. You know, they there were like I mentioned earlier, there were some peaceful BOR protests. I don't agree with the concept at all. But I agree if they're at the PC protest as long as they're not you know, committing crimes or whatnot. These truckers are doing the exact same equivalent just under different calls. And they say, you know, screw them and do all that, which is like that's hypocrisy in a nutshell. You know, like, that's liberal hypocrisy. You know, the paradigm of classical liberal thought, which actually became conservatism, was um, giving people the right, the, right, the right to speak out. I mean, that's that's democracy. 
that's right. that's equal rights and, and well, first amendment too. I don't know what it is in their amendment, but but yeah, that's that's our first amendment, and it's it, it, we pray for those the, these truckers, these brave patriots in Canada. We have next to the United States, obviously, United States is is, is our biggest listener group, but coming in second is Canada. So. I know and that's not surprising at all. Like they know what, like that you're we're, like you're supporting them, so they're going. That's numbers are going to grow, honestly, especially with like that, like more people are doing those protests. Yeah, I mean, we have, um, I'd say, I'd say eighty, eighty-five percent of our viewers, I would say, statistically, are Americans, and I'd say about ten, ten percent. So maybe. So we have a, so we have a bunch of Canadians listening. So you know, for, for, from at the bottom of our hearts, we stand with you. We stand with you against this, against this actual fascism, a, a, actual totalitarian behavior against you because it's evil, it's disgusting. There was a there was a group chat leaked. I don't know if you know this. Yesterday, of 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 these cops that were just laughing about laughing about the the woman dying and. You know these the, the, these these cops aren't like American cops because I'm, well, no, I mean I'm most, the most pro police person you can know. I mean I, I I'm totally back the blue all that, but I will admit there's some assholes you know, and they're one of them. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is that ninety five percent of the police officers in America, you know, are good people and are on our side, and unfortunately, what 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 I've been seeing in, in in the community is that a lot of people are starting to turn on police officers, and that's completely that's completely the wrong move, in my opinion. Because what's going to happen is this, right? You 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 denounce your support for for police officers. Um, the left is just going to use that as ammunition. Police departments will be defunded, um, and Crime will run wild, rape will run wild, robbery will run wild. Oh, it's happening already in, in you know, all the blue states as it is, obviously. Then that's because, you know, you don't have police, you know, what are you going to, you know, when the, when the guy's breaking into your house and, you know, you call 911 and they're not there, what's going to happen, you know? Oh, a th- a and then, you know, I'm not going to throw that in there, too. You know they don't have a gun because they hate guns, so good luck. You don't want me to have much self-defense either. Yeah, these Canadians don't have guns. I mean, some of them I'm sure do, but it's. Oh, I mean, I was referring to America, but yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's been sad to see, and that leads us into the um, the next topic, which is um, the new. As a new, you're a New York resident, as, and you've seen firsthand um, the new mayor of New York, Eric Adams. Yep. Um, so, what do you what do you think of Adams' performance? Adam, well, Adams was meant to be an improvement from the Blasio. That's what I think most New Yorkers wanted. And yeah, he was an officer himself, so I can commend him for that. And he, his attempt to like his pet, his main campaign was ending the high crime rate that the Blasio gave. So, to his defense, he walked into a shit show, but clearly, it has not improved. 
at all. And his way of doing things is, is wrong. Like, it's like it's not getting any better. He's claiming to care about it, but I don't think he truly cares. So, yeah, it's still a mess. Like, to, to me, it's been a complete disappointment. I grew up in New York, as you know, and um, I was actually, you know, I, I hate almost 99.9% of Democrats, but I actually was sort of optimistic about about Adams. You know, I thought he was an old school kind of kind of Democrat, um, a Joe Manchin type, a John F. Kennedy type, um, a Henry well, oh, fuck FDR. FD, FDR, actually. If you, if you look at what FDR did, he, he was... Yeah, yeah, true, but I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you look at, you know, I thought he'd be, you know, a moderate kind of right-leaning um, person, and it's it's been a complete disaster. Um, I found now, out... May I start, one thing that he said, that two things he said, actually, that made me really despise him that we're discussing. Number one is, he... Back when the Blasio's office, he made all the New York City workers, not just cops and firefighters, all of them take the vaccine now. But some of them were only on paid leave or no, I'm sorry, unpaid leave. As of February 11th, they all got terminated. And Adams is saying, well, I didn't fire them. They quit. So he's just saying, oh, they quit because they didn't take the vaccine. But really, that's bullshit. They just didn't want to be forced to take it. So he fired them. He won't even admit that he did that. That pisses me off. Like. No, it, it's ab- it's absolutely terrible. He recently said somewhere that back when he was a cop, I don't know, I, I, I might be paraphrasing it, he said he loved kicking crackers' asses, which, as you know, that's like, and not popular, but like offensive term to white people. Could you imagine if a white mayor said that about African-Americans? Could you imagine? You, you know what I'm saying? Like that's Imagine what, if Donald Trump said that about African-Americans. Yeah, Adam said that, and you know, he's not in trouble. You know, nothing going on. If Sweetwall won that election, so that Sweetwall's head would be on a spike right now. Like. Um, I don't know if you know this, um, but... Eric Adams, when I when he first got elected, um, an old an old enemy of ours. I, he he was associated. I don't remember the connection, but it was definitely there. He was associated with an. Really? Hmm. Do you know who? I'm not aware. I mean, I, you probably can't say on the air, but uh, yeah, wow. Uh, George Soros. Oh, oh, I thought you meant personally. Oh, yeah, well, I believe it. No, no, no not, not someone we, we <laughs> know personally. I've already met somebody from our lab. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and, you know, it's, as you, I'm, I'm sure you know that um, the, the big thing, and in the last guest, a good friend of ours was the guest. We talked about Alvin Bragg, who was backed by George Soros. And oh, yeah, the DA. Yeah, the DA, Alvin Bragg, backed by George. And that's really what Soros has done all around the country. I mean, he, he really. Oh, yeah, Bragg, he's made the issue worse as it is because now I think he was the reason why we said like robberies aren't felonies anymore, which is obviously that's asinine, but that's the case with him. The guy is that he's made, the Alvin Bragg's made the situation a lot worse too. Yeah, and Alvin Bragg was a Soros-backed um, DA. But you know, the saddest thing about all this is, who do you think is 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 being affected the most by these violent crimes? Um, Asians, 
whites and and poor and poor blacks. Uh, I was going to say, I think it's mostly African-Americans, actually. I mean, it's 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 a very sad, like a red pill kind of truth. But these poor black neighborhoods in New York City, this is the reason why there is. And what's asinine, what's so sad is they're they're like they don't want that, but they're voting for the policies that keep it so that, like, uh, you know, it's like, why are they continuing to vote for these Democrat policies that are keeping them poor, keeping crime up and mostly putting them in danger with all the shootings, you know? You know, there's a funny old anecdote by Lyndon B. Johnson, who actually, Lyndon B. Johnson's former president, Lyndon B. Johnson, whose welfare yes. policies have, have kind of shaped um, uh, black, black communities into the sorry state that they are. He said that um, it, it was attributed to him. I don't know if he actually said it, but it's, it's commonly attributed to him. He said, I'll have these these n-words voting democrat for the next 400 years or or, or, or something along those, those something lines. Like and it's true i mean voting for for democrats really really um it really hurts i mean it hurts hurts these black communities um you know not not all black people as much as we like to joke around um not all of them are marxists you you have you have you have black Who've always respected respected the law, respect law and order? Yeah, I mean, look they're, at Larry Elder and Candace Owens. They're the big voices for that. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 really been it, it's really been horrible. I mean, New York used to be New York in the seventies was shit, but thanks to Giuliani, things really turned around. And I don't like Bloomberg personally. Mini Mike, <laughs> as uh, Trump called him, but he wasn't a terrible mayor either. He still did stop and frisk. He still he was did. well. He was better than what we have now in the, the blow zone. Yeah, uh, um, it, it as someone who grew up there, it um, I know for both of us, it's it, it's really such a sad, so, sorry thing. I mean, this was New York was considered the best city in the world. And back then, people wanted to be cops, not so much now. That was another thing. Like, be back then, you know, it's funny, because back then, people wanted to be cops like the way they want to be firefighters or like sanitation worker now. There were like no constant job. Now, no one wants to do it because, I mean, yeah, it's dangerous, but with the way like things are stacked against, you know, the NYPD, it's like, it's like, is it worth it, you know? Well, to, to be a police officer in today's um, environment is, is absolutely. It, 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 it's 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 not pathetic, but it's it, it's it's it, it's a lose lose situation. If you yeah, that's a good way to put it. You'll be you'll be called racist. Um, and you remove qualified immunity, so if 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 you make a, a mistake, your life could be over. You have um, to pay for your own lawyer. Yeah, that's the problem. And it's not even just that, but you're you're demonized and hated by the entire left. Oh, as a whole, yeah. I mean, and it's funny, too. I mean, the left bothered me the most with that whole, like, I know we're not talking January 6th, but they all of a sudden started to, like, quote-unquote, love cops after the officer Sicknick died. They, they said he got hit by a fire extinguisher, but that was a lie. He actually had a stroke. All of a sudden, they like cops just from that one moment, which is BS, you know? Like, they just try to fake it. Yeah, I mean, you look at that year that with the Soros-backed BLM protests and – um, they hated cops. Pretty much every single Democrat was saying to defund the police. And what do you think happens when you defund the police? There's less training. They quit. 
they, and they and, and the cops quick as they why why work when they hate them you know um and something that you know about that made me very very sad was um about a month ago when that young officer was killed two of them they both died they, the second one died too he didn't die right away. He was in like a coma vegetable state, but then he died a few days later. So yeah, they both died. One died right on the scene. The other one died a few days later. You know, he was he was a young kid. He was twenty two seven. The twenty two year old, he was newly married. His wife loved the shit out of him. He was just on the job. He seemed like any I saw a video actually he made when he graduated high school. He was a, he was all about like motivation, uh, like personal growth. He was a great I could tell just from that video he was an awesome kid. He was an awesome kid, and he was—he wasn't even white either. He was, i think he was. Just they were both Spanish. Were... Yeah, and it, it, what made me very sad about it was that he—he he really wanted to help the community. He really wanted to change. change he wrote change. that in his um. Apparently, the academy has a thing where they all write like a paragraph on why yeah. they took the job, and in his paragraph, he spoke about how when he was younger, growing up in Inwood, which has you know always been a poor area, he didn't like. What he was seeing with police, I guess maybe there was a problem. That's so like he wanted to be like the change that was needed. Yeah, and he, and he got brutally, brutally fucking murdered by a monster. Very. I mean, I, I hate to bring the if if your officer Rivera's family listening to this, my deepest condolences. You know, whether it be his wife right. listening, family members. I don't. Know, I, I don't know if they will listen to it. I, I'm not. just saying if they are, but I yeah. did hear details. Of, Recently, the cop that killed the perpetrator was promoted to detective, which is awesome because you know, he was a hero there. But what he spoke out about was, and this is very brutal, so you know, be, I hate to bring this up, but that the shooter shot Rivera and then kept shooting at the other officer and the other officer after that and like stepped over his body. I don't know how true that is, but if so, that's how like horrifying it was. Yeah, I mean, these people are emboldened. No by- like, obviously, you know, then. They're emboldened by Marxists. They're emboldened by leftist politicians. They're emboldened by the squad, AOC, Ilan Omar, uh, fucking these these Muslim leftists. And it's truly sad to see because it's somewhat, you know, you grew up. I know I grew up and I know you grew up as well. Just, you know, you had the Frank Sinatra song, New York, New York, and it was it was considered a, a great place to live, a great place to to have a family, and um, I don't I don't know how it gets better. I mean, and, do- and it's sad because you have some of these delusional liberals that still think New York is that. Like you had, to, I know Greg Guffa plays this clip a lot on his show with Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo saying, "Oh, conservatives are worried about the crime." Oh, I had a good dinner. Oh, they loved my show. Everything was great. Yeah, great for you because you got bodyguards something. What do you think is it like for the young black kid growing up where he has to worry about a bullet coming at him every day, you know? Like, well, yeah, that that's an, another fantastic point is these people who wanted to fund the police, they all have private security, like you said. They all have bodyguards, private security firms, um Garden. Mostly the celebrities, like the you know, like some of these like A-list Hollywood, like De Niro, all of them. They're the ones saying this bullshit. They think that New York is what it was like in that Sinatra song when they read "I'll See for the Horror Show." It actually exists now. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely brutal, and the hypocrisy of 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 these elites is terrible. And, and another funny thing that I just saw is for you TV watchers. Um, uh, what the fuck is the actor's name? Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston played Breaking Walter, Bad. Uh, yeah, Walter White re- re- revealed he's a fucking cuck. 
Oh, he always has been. I mean, like, I saw in all the interview. He was like bragging about how he voted for Clinton. And listen, I, there are some liberals who, you know, I'm dating one now. I respect their views as long as they respect mine. I just don't like it when he or other liberals were trying to force conservatives to force their way or worse of all, just ousting conservatives from their life as a deal breaker just because they think differently. That's the problem. You know, I have cousins like that. I have family members like that that hate my fucking ass. <laughs> and if they heard my if they, if they heard <clears throat> if they heard my show, they'd be fucking horrified. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they would be. <laughs> No, but you know it, it's been it, it, it's been a lot of fun doing this. Um, you know, we, we cover tough topics here, and it's it's it, it's been so much fun for me to 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 do and have friends of mine on. And I, I'm I'm really excited about where this podcast grows. I mean, what's what's funny is is I had a listener come to me. Um, there, there's been so many diverse listeners. I mean, you you'd think like. Obviously, the de- the demographics for the show, you would think that um, it would just be like white men. But if you look at our demographics, most of our listeners have been women, which has been really, really cool. I was surprised by that, too. You know, I actually have a theory. I was going to add to that. A lot of women kind of, I mean, not to sound like sexist here, they like to keep their unpopular opinions of themselves the same way men were because they're afraid of being judged or seeking validation. But here's the thing. They fear that more than men. So. There's more women out there that are more on the right side than you think. They will just never tell anybody because they are so afraid of being judged, more so than like conservative men are. So, you know, it's all in secret. Yeah, I mean, there, there's an 18-year-old white girl who um, came, came to me. Of, well, she didn't come to me. She sent me a message. And this girl, you would see her, you'd think that she was a leftist, a thousand percent. Looks like one. But she told me that she loved the show, uh, and I may have her. How any like her liberal friends have because she's afraid of being called, you know, whatever term there is. So she's either pretending to be liberal or she just never brings it up. It's usually that's the case. Yeah, she said she loved the show, and even crazy. Like a closet conservative. I think closet conservatives exist among both men and women, but probably more females because they'll get more shit like than men do. Yeah, and you know they have friends that are all part of this whole like trans shit and all of that and LBGQ or whatever, whatever the fuck it is, and and they're all they're all um they're all afraid to come out and and say what they believe in. Well, I'll make a lesson for you, ladies. We all love we we love the shit out of you. Just don't be afraid, all right? Like we have your back. Be say what you want. Be confident. And this goes for men too. Anyone out there behind their politics, just. Be, be who you are. That's my for anyone listening that is a more hidden conservative. Just you know, you know, like don't give a shit what people think. That's my best advice. Yeah, um, and actually, um, like two days ago, I had a listener um, reach out to me. Um, black, tw- get this, twenty-year-old black girl. Twenty-year-old black girl was telling me how, how much she loved the show. That's well to her perfect example i mean you may your race and your gender may people will assume you're liberal just be like no you're be, be the next candace owens hell just be yeah, the best she, she told me that candace owens was her uh her political icon so i was like there, awesome. there you go that, that makes perfect <laughs> sense yeah i mean you know the, the amount of the it's just been so cool because um, you know what it, you let cancel culture win when you hide it look at joe rogan i know he 
more liberal. Like, why the hell did he apologize? Like, that was his yeah. weakest move he did. Well, the, for me, you know, the biggest thing is, and I, t- I all of you in life, um, this is a lesson. You never, ever, ever, ever apologize to the woke mob. Because when you apologize to the woke mob, they win. And you lose respect from, like, tougher conservatives like you and I that you, like, bent the knee to them, you know? It's not even just about that. It's just about, it's just about it makes you look weak in general. Um, why should you apologize for saying that you, that you, you don't want um, men, men pretending to be women play, playing, uh, playing college sports? I mean, you know, so many people have these opinions, but they're afraid. They're afraid to, uh, to to voice them because they're afraid of retaliation. Pretty much everything, um, the TV networks, um, the the media, movies, Facebook, Twitter, fucking TikTok, which is the worst. Um, banks, TV commercials. There is even um, a fear I have amongst some celebrities who I'm not going to name because if they're listening, I don't want to call them that. Who I think are conservative, but they'll just never tell you. And those are the ones who, like, you always kind of wonder, huh? I wonder what X and Z's politics are. You don't know it because they're conservative, but they'll never say it versus like the liberal ones. They can just say whatever they want because they're safe. You know, honestly, we're not going to get them listening to this. And if they do, who, who do you think is, is a closet? I don't really want to say like their names, but I, if, I, if I had to say one guy who I think is more right being, and I'm saying it because I don't think he'd give a shit if he's mentioned. Mark Wahlberg, he's been in a lot of like army movies, and he said one time that celebrities should stay out of politics because they don't know what it's like for the average show. That's a conservative view right there, and I've never heard him support of anything supporting Democrat politicians. So he's probably more right-leaning if I had to guess. Mark Wahlberg is one. Chris Pratt is another one. Yes. Um, Some of them are open about it. James Woods, John Voight, they don't give a shit. Like, I can mention them. I they're... love James Woods, man. James Woods and John Voight are fantastic. And James James, James Woods. Um, a, a cool fact about James Woods, he, he he's like a, an actual genius. Like, he, he, he graduated from, like, Mensa or has, like, 160 IQ. Woods is one of Did the you know, players. I think I may have told you, for anyone listening who didn't know this, he was actually on a flight back in August of 2001 with the future 9-11 terrorists. I kid you not. He saw them. He saw how suspicious they were acting. How, And he was like, where? He reported them to the FBI, got called a bunch of, you know, like, big eight races. And then a couple of weeks later, look what those guys did. You know, he, he saw, he, he knew how bad those guys looked. Yeah. Woods, James Woods is one of those guys that I'll always respect, always has a great take up on things and um, look at his Twitter. I mean, he always puts out great stuff and I know you have to go now, but I want to thank you for being on. I know you have something to do, but I just want to say a, that it was, uh, it was an honor to have you on the show. Um, you did yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We, we cut off on that James Wood thing. Yeah, no, it was great to be here. Finally be on the show. Active listener. Definitely want to be on again for sure. Well, and, of course, yeah. you, you definitely will. And you know, I, I, we we had had some great talks, and we had a lot of fun. And I think the viewers will love you. So, guys, um, thank you so much to A for being here. And remember, like we always say, don't, don't let, let the global. <laughs>